Hey, it's Heidi Rain. Welcome back for another episode of Addiction and Codependency Breakthrough. I'm so glad you're here. If you're new here, I want to say welcome home. What I am here to do, what I believe I'm here to do, one of the things, one of the many multiple jobs that I have on the planet Earth, in addition to being a mom and a wife and a friend and all the other things, is to serve people who have grown up in addiction whether you, you grew up with an alcoholic or an addict, even if you think it wasn't that bad and you escaped, or if you're currently in a relationship with somebody of any kind who is actively addicted. Addiction and codependency breakthrough is all about giving you the tools, the strategies, the resources, the coaching opportunities for you to be able to know how to navigate this thing and get your family back. And, and, and first of all, restore your peace and sanity, because we all know that's exactly what addiction steals. It steals your happiness, your joy, your peace, your sanity. You feel like you're going crazy. And we're going to talk a little bit today about one of the toxic patterns that we can get sucked into as either an adult child of an alcoholic when you grow up in that environment or when you're in a relationship and you married into it uh, later on in life. So we're going to riff on that today. Now, if you're at all curious about these toxic relationship patterns, you can go over to HeidiRain.com. I've created a, an attachment personality pattern test. So there are basically eight kind of toxic traits, right? And I, and I even vacillate between calling them toxic traits or codependent traits. But what they are, or they are personalities that we take on when we're born into an addicted, dysfunctional, abusive dynamic, and we think that's who we are. We take on this personality, but it really is just a way of behaving in that environment to survive it. So you put on a face, you literally put on a mask of this personality, and that is how you're able to cope with this Early on and then later in life, it becomes kind of your Achilles heel. It's it's worked for you for a while, but then it stops working. So if you want to go over and take that test now, it'll give you the answer. It'll tell you what pattern you're running. And then you can keep coming back here, obviously, for more information. Also, I do want to say before we get into this pattern today, we're actually going to talk about the withholding toxic pattern today. Um if you know you would love to get some coaching, you would love to get some support, you want to talk about what the plan is for you, you want to figure it all out, you, you're finally ready to heal, you're ready to do the damn thing, you want to know how to get somebody turned around, all the things, you can book an initial intake session with me and we'll discuss all the things that are going on with you and we'll come up with a strategic action plan just for you to move forward. And even if it's not me, I'll pull Point you in another direction. But if it is me, I'll tell you how we can resume working together. And you can book that session over at HeidiRain.com. Okay, so let's get into the withholding pattern. Now, I mentioned earlier that a lot of these patterns develop when we're little. And so there are a lot of things that look the same when you're a child that you really wouldn't think about. Like you you might be thinking, well, I don't really have that bad of a time. Uh, lots of people that I work with, one of the biggest issues in working with adult children of alcoholics is getting people, adult children of alcoholics to recognize the impact of growing up with an alcoholic or an addict, or even that they were growing, they grew up with an addict or an alcoholic. I will hear lots of people say things like, well, my dad drank a lot, but I don't really think he was an alcoholic. I mean, he did get like a DUI or, you know, <laughs> we'll start telling these stories because what happens is, is by comparison, you might see addiction now and you might think, well, nobody was homeless. Nobody was, you know, being committed, uh, you know, 
nobody lost their job or or nobody you know was destitute and you, you compare it to this how we see addiction running rampant in our world today and then you surmise well it must not have been really that bad but how do you know if it really was that bad if if what you grew up in affected you and impacted you well it's hard to tell because a lot of us grow up to be very successful. We become high achievers. We become ladder climbers. Uh, we 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 become the 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 heroes, the doctors, the the entrepreneurs, the people that are like, uh, I escaped. Uh, it wasn't that bad. Look at me now. Look how successful I am. Look at all the things that I can do in my life. So it must not really have affected me that bad because here we are today, and I'm awesome. Okay. Yes, you are. You are an incredible human being. You've overcome a lot. You know how to get stuff done. But the one area that I know that growing up in addiction or dysfunction or toxicity, even if it wasn't a little, little, little dysfunctional, like a little pregnant, you grew up in narcissism or a highly critical environment. I know it's impacted you from one way. I can peek into your intimate relationships and tell you exactly how you've been affected because that is where all your trauma drama gets acted out. Your intimate relationships is the playground of your childhood trauma. I mean, somebody should write that down. That That is your intimate relationships are the playground of your childhood trauma if you had it. So you're acting it out. You're, I mean, that is so good. Somebody write that down and make that a meme. Just make sure you put my name on the bottom, right? Because I, I think, I don't think I heard that anywhere else. But anyway, uh, it's true. It's where we act it all out. So you can be highly successful. You can be, you know, having the world at your fingertips and, you know, and then you come home to craziness or you come home to loneliness or you come home to never feeling enough or you come home to, you don't know what you're going to come home to. You come home to a Jekyll and Hyde. And then you wonder how somebody like you, who's so smart and so amazing, ended up in this type of uh, situation, predicament. So I'm going to go over, there are eight attachment patterns that I've come up with. I'm sure there are more, but these are the eight when I was working, I used to work many years ago in a drug and alcohol treatment center. That's where I got so much of my training. You know, they don't really teach the stuff that you need to know. So you kind of get baptism by fire. And when I was working inside the treatment center, I had thousands of hours of coaching thousands of addicts and alcoholics and hundreds of their families um, throughout the course of this decade that I was there. And what I'm looking for, because I'm a nerd, is patterns. I'm always looking for what is this common denominator with all these people? Like what is bringing everybody here? And what I boiled it down to is addiction is really an attachment issue. Uh, because we can't bond to a person or in relationships in the world the way we want to, to feel seen, heard, understood, valued, cared for, whatever, we adapt this personality and we go into the world with the personality and the personality is dysfunctional. And then we end up trying to cope with that by drinking or using drugs or whatever. And so the coping mechanism to this dysfunctional personality, this person you've become that's not working is the issue in addiction a lot of times because we can't bond to the people in, the, in a genuine way. We bond to the substance instead. And so, I mean, that's I know it's very complex. It's, a, it's an interesting idea. I'd love to talk more with you about it if we come alongside of each other and 
um, you know, we we can learn more about addiction and what the truth of it really is uh, together on this journey. But I just want to talk about the withholding toxic pattern for now. Um, I think it was Dr. Joe Dispenza. I wonder if he was the first person that said this. He's the first person I heard say it, but I actually love it. And I'm going to use it when I'm describing these personality patterns. He said your personality, and maybe somebody else said it. I'm going to Google that afterwards. But your personality is your personal reality. Okay. Your personality is your personal reality. And most people think that you can't change your personality. We think that's just how we were born, but I'm, I'm asserting to you, it is not your true essence. It is not your personality is not who you are. It's the adaptive person that you've taken on in order to survive whatever thing you were born into. And if you were lucky enough that you were born into a functioning, loving, caring, uh, empathetic, uh, communicative, family, supportive environment, you probably have more of an essence of yourself than most people, but we're not that lucky. I mean, back in the 80s, I think it was 65, J Dr. John Bradshaw used to say, I don't know if he was a doctor or not, but John Bradshaw used to say, you know, 60% of families are dysfunctional and, and, and the rest of them are lying or whatever, you know, like everybody's dysfunctional in some way, but some of us, um, don't even recognize the level of that dysfunction. And that's how we get trapped in waking up in the morning and saying, how did I get here? You know what I mean? Do you, do you have that feeling? Like you look at all your potential, you look at all the things that you're meant for in your life and you wake up and you go, but how did I get here? How did I end up in this shit show? How did I end up in this dysfunctional relationship? How did I end up being successful over here, but not being able to get it together over there? Like, how did I end up feeling this anxious all the time and feeling like this little gray cloud is following me around? Well, it's connecting the dots and understanding that this all is a construction of survival tactics. And one of them is withholding. So when I was a little girl, I grew up in a really dysfunctional household. Uh, I grew up with narcissistic parenting, uh, addicted parents, um, hurtful, abusive, uh, shaming, neglectful, hypercritical, physically abusive, mentally abusive, psychological, you name it. Uh, I grew up in that environment. And somebody like me, and maybe you can relate, I was... I've always been a highly sensitive person, right? Like I, you know, the jury's kind of out. People say, oh, that's, you're an empath, you know? And it is, I did a whole thing on this one time. Like, is empath really real? Or is that, we're all kind of sensitive, but most people that grow up in dysfunctional households have a hypersensitivity and a hyper attunement to notice when something's going to go wrong. And we call that hypervigilance, right? In the mental health world, like you're a hypervigilant person, you're on edge all the time, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. So I know for me, being a highly sensitive person, I was born into this environment, that was not safe for me, okay? It wasn't going to be okay for me to be having feelings all the time. I had the feelings police growing up. When I had a feeling about something, I mean, I could be hurt, 
my one of my parents could hurt me, I could confront them, and then I would get shamed or in trouble for feeling the way I felt or gaslit out of my own feelings, like, well, you shouldn't feel that way. And the and the verbiage was usually like, I didn't really hurt you. You're you're over exaggerating, you're too sensitive. Uh, nobody, you know, or if I was in my element and it wasn't about being in pain, I was just shining, you know, I was just like speaking my mind and being myself and whirling around and being a little kid, it was, you're too much, right? There's too much of you and too much of you is not okay because you annoy people and you bother people. So I got the sense as a little kid, I had to bring it in. All right. It wasn't safe for me to express my feelings, for me to share who I was, for me to share my sensitivity. And if I did share something that was vulnerable for me, I felt like it was used as a weapon against me later on, where it would come up in conversation. Well, yeah, you know, that bothers you too. And maybe you have all these problems and maybe you need help because you're, you know, it's like I was never safe. So I developed a strategy of withholding. And withholding looks like um, you're a highly sensitive person, but you cut yourself off from your emotions and your feelings. And so sometimes you arrive at a point in your life when somebody asks you how you feel and you go, I think I feel because there's no feeling involved for you. It is all thinking all the time. And that mental constant loop that you run constantly over and over again. Thinking is the way, thinking is the vehicle for you to um, be okay. And because feeling wasn't safe. And what you do with your thinking is you're on a loop. You're constantly strategizing. You're playing tapes over in your head. You're you're thinking about, but so you have all the information inside of you. But when somebody asks you, you have trouble identifying how you're feeling, communicating how you're feeling to other people. And it really has this withholding element has a an essence of all or nothing. It's very black and white with withholders. Okay. And I want you to picture this as a strategy throughout everything you do in your life as a withholder how you know how you do one thing is how you do all things so i really want you to think about do you have this strategy do you have this be toxic behavior pattern personality pattern anywhere in your life it's called the binge restrict cycle and withholders live in this cycle for their whole lives in one way or another it's like it originates because you grow up in an environment with jekyll and hyde one minute when things are on it, and this happens a lot when you grow up with functioning alcoholics or addicts or periodic or episodic mental health episodes where everything's fine in the family for a while and then all of a sudden it is not fine at all. So as a little kid, you learn how to survive in that dynamic. You're like, oh, when it's safe to come out, the sun is shining, you're hypersensitive, you read the world, you say, oh, it must be safe to come out today. So let me, you know, come out and enjoy. And you still restrict a little bit. You never fully give yourself over as a withholder, but you try your best, right? You you put yourself out there, you're engaged with the family. It's the best day ever. Everybody's having fun. You, you and the family are like on the lake for the day. You have the tubes out. Everybody's fine. Nobody's drunk and falling in or fighting. It's amazing. And then you get back and by dinner, the whole scene has changed. People are drunk, people are fighting, and you have to learn to be out and lock it down, to come out and to come back in, to come out and to come back in. It's okay. It's safe. It's not safe. And that's the dynamic for you. 
that you learn as a kid to survive in. And what happens is you inadvertently end up as an adult because a trauma bond isn't a behavior necessarily. A trauma bond is a state of emotion that you're connected to, that you're living out, that you don't even recognize that you're doing. You're addicted to a state. That's trauma bond. And what state withholders get addicted to is an uncertainty state. I never quite know what I'm going to get. I'm addicted to that all or nothing. I'm addicted to um, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's a shit show. Uh, everything is awesome. Burn it all down. Like you're the you're the quintessential perpetual phoenix, right? You're always trying to rise from the acid ashes and build it up again. So this is a pattern that was a survival skill for you as a kid, but now it's killing you. So what you end up doing is you get into relationships that help you enact that same trauma bond. You get in relationships with periodic episodic alcoholics or functioning alcoholics, or you get into relationships with people that are mentally you know, compromised where sometimes they're okay and sometimes they're not and they'll take their medicine and then they won't take their medicine and they'll disappear uh, for days at a time and come back. So be, and you'll scratch your head and you go, well, the hell did I end up here? You're really successful. You have everything else going for you. You're making the money. You're supporting yourself. And you come home to the shit show. And you're like, how did this happen? Because in a parallel universe, in another time, on the same continuum, you acted that out. And that's what you're bonded to. So why is this such great news? If you can start to recognize your toxic pattern, your toxic personality pattern that you took on, that's not your fault. It's just a matter of, like Dr. Joe Dispenza said, if you want a new reality, a new personal reality, you have to change your personality. And so that's what I help people do is unlock how this personality originated with them with my attachment personality patterns, coaching, and I help you figure out how it got wired in there. And then what we do is we cut the wires. We sever the connection between the past that what that that worked a little bit, the survival skill to the present, which is helping you thrive. So if you want to know more about this pattern, we're just going to riff on it a little bit, a pattern a week, and we're going to dive even deeper. Please go ahead and take that attachment personality pattern test. It's over at HeidiRain.com. You'll see it there. Um, you'll, you'll know, okay, that this is a test and you'll get an answer. It takes about 10 minutes. It's a serious test. It's not something that's like, what's your favorite Disney princess or which, you know, coffee flavor are you? I mean, it's, it's, it's deep. So go ahead and take that. And then we can start the conversation together about how to unravel some of this stuff. Because the truth is, is that you, you deserve, like, there's a lie in our hearts when we grow up with this black or white, all or nothing that you can't have it all. You know, you can have a this or this, you know, it's, it's all this black or white. So if you can align with that and you can say, yes, Heidi, I can see I'm an all or nothing thinker. I'm very black or white. Just know, number one, that's a symptom of growing up in an environment that was toxic or dysfunctional that you just don't recognize. And number two, it's completely and totally fixable. It's something you can learn to let go of, to embrace your most authentic self and have all the things that you desire and have the relationships and the success and everything because you you do get to do that. It is possible for you. All right. I love you so much. I hope this has been helpful for you. Please let me know in the comments. It helps us help more people. And of course, we always want to be growing. So share this with somebody you know it can resonate with. And I'll see you really soon. And if you want to start working together, you can 
always go over to HeidiRain.com and learn about all the wonderful ways that I can support you on this journey. I'll talk with you really soon. Take excellent care.